This is the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour, episode 2.14, Sean Opens His Window. Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. <laughs> that was Mike. Mike, how are you? T- how, how was your day, Mike? F work, F the king, F everything. <laughs> um, also joining us is Nick. Nick. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nick. Happy Thank you, bel- Mike. Happy belated birthday! You're the first one to cross the uh, finish line into uh, the big three zero. Yeah, I guess I'm a. In other news, adult. Nick is too old, and we're now looking for a new co-host. <laughs> this is Nick's last show. Preferably someone 18, female. Good luck with that. I don't think anybody like, 18 is female. Like it, us. like the children of the corn, we have a cutoff age, and 30 <laughs> is our cutoff age. What happens when Sean reaches 30? I'm the we last the one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm the next one, so. <laughs> well, that's a few I'll, years, right? Two, two years. I'll be, around, I'll be around longer than all y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm 27. Well, yeah, I think we gotta change this rule because we need Joe around. <laughs> <laughs> he records yeah. the show. N- Nick's he edits it. Nick's. <laughs> Nick's disposable, but Joe, we have to keep around. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Without Joe, this all falls apart. Without me, this would have never happened. You see, here we go. This is the kind of this is the kind of you know, yeah. This is the thought pattern we need. Everyone is everyone's important. Also joining us, who's equally as important, important, is Sean. You know, I was trying to segue into this. I was trying to segue in this really nicely, and you just like ruined it. So, Sean, yeah. What's up? How's the Game of Thrones beer? Pretty good. Pretty good. What kind of beer is it? Uh, red ale. Red ale. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Okay, I it's was afraid. surprisingly sweet, but it's it's good. Well, it's a red ale. It. it I mean, red, red ales nice. can be kind of sweet. My. I was afraid it was going to be like a stout or a porter. No, no, no. Okay. I saw a. I saw like a few cases in my Giant Eagle. In I want to get the. So uh, I may have to the pick goblet it up. that Om Gang selling of it. They have it online. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah, I'm going to. It's only nine bucks, so might as well. F it. So, uh, yeah, and I'm Joe because, uh, there we go. And I'm, and I'm Joe. Nice to meet you all. Hey, Joe. So, uh, let's jump right into this. Um, London. Oops. I just dropped a nickel. Uh, London. How about London, y'all? Um, looks like. No foreplay, Joe? What? No foreplay? We're just going to jump right in? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that was the foreplay before. We just did two and a half, three minutes of it. This is why you're single. London has trees. And grass. <laughs> and a bus. <laughs> and a berm. And, and a berm. Cherry yeah. pickers. Berm's in the span burn. of a week, we went from what it looked like in January to, oh my gosh, it's opening next week. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I think um, the fountain's going to take like four or five days to install, and once that's done, it's they're just going to pull back the walls. And The, the one thing I noticed, the, uh, the fountain permits... I still haven't been issued. Do you need permits for it? Because I don't know if they're going to yeah. do how much. What, what kind of there's, there's permits up for it. 
here, here's what sometimes will happen. If Universal really wants to get it done, they'll just pay the penalties. Yeah. That's what they did with Transformers a lot. They just said F it and just did it anyway. Because looking at the fountain, um, it looks like it's all prefab. It doesn't look like they're going to actually do additional concrete work or yeah, anything. Yeah, but it, the plumbing needs a permit, right, Sean? Uh, yeah. 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 Which is fine, but I mean, what, what I'm Probably trying to say is that... Too. What I'm trying to say is that this, if that was... Usually when they do fountains, it's still like a, like a dirt ditch. And then they do the concrete work, and they add the giant you know, basin where they put all the water in, and then they build everything on top. It's all there, so I just think it's just pre-made, and they're just going to drop it in yeah. like it's, you know, something... A slightly larger version than the one you buy at your local, you know, garden store. <laughs> you know, one of those three-tier ones. So, yeah, maybe they'll just put it in in a few days, and... I mean, they're working on the, um... The, uh... The pillars for the uh, gates, so... Yeah, and they still need them on the other side, also. I was going to say, are there... Are there there's going to be pillars on the other side, right? I there think has so. to be because it's a self-contained area. So yeah, the whole thing yeah. to be fenced in. From the concept art, there will be, but yeah, yeah. And then um, once that's done, they have to add the actual um, grading. So I mean, what they could do, I guess, is they could put up all the um, fencing, and then yeah. they could just fence it off, and then move. Uh, they could just move the um, the walls back so they can finally work on the. Uh, the waterfront area, so they can. Well, they're working it. on the waterfront they're area already. On it, dude. Oh they yeah, they got three. Uh, they've got three pillars ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I know they do, but I'm just saying, you know, they have to finish up some of the, uh, the walkway work, and then they have to put some of the lamp that all the lamp posts in. But you know. I, I think the lamps will go in overnight. Yeah, yeah. I don't That'll think be. the walls are going to move again. Well, they've already got the everything hooked up. For all they got to do is take off that wood cap and pop it on and connect it, and it's up. Well, That'll no, be no, easy install. No, it's it's more involved than that. They have these really substantial scaffolding around it, and they tore off the cap entirely. Did um, they? Yeah, and yeah, just they like, like redid the cap. Yeah, that's like the third time they've redone those caps too. <laughs> Which means the designs are changing constantly. Well, no, I think. <laughs> They wanted a cap on it temporarily, and they made it look yeah. pretty for the time being. And then the temporary fix didn't last long enough, so they had to repair it. And then now they're just rip, tear, kill, pull out the uh, the wires that they put in two summers ago, and it's time to get ready. Lock and loaded. Yeah, time to hook it all up. So um, it's probably a permit for that too, right now, because that has, that is electrical. Yeah. So um, before uh, we we discuss when we think it's going to open, uh, Mike, what what you got? What you find online um, that you were posting about on Sunday about some of the shops on London that a lot of us said was really interesting? Oh well, I I had looked at this a while ago and we realized what the facade was. I looked at Charing Cross and you could see these buildings that they've been basing everything on. And there's this uh, right where. Um, the camera pans during uh, Half-Blood Prince, during that sequence where the Dementors are attacking London, and they fly into Diagon Alley. It's right there in that, um, they pass by that little area, which, I don't even know what to call it, um, that between King's Cross and uh, Leicester Square. Um, Screeds and Sons. Yeah, I think they made that name up. <laughs> yeah. But there's a, obviously there's a bookstore, it looks same colors and everything, right where the dement uh, Death Eaters fly in a diagonally. 
Um, so that's a, a good attention to detail. I, I guess we credit Warner Brothers with that since we can't credit with Universal Creative with anything good. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's against the rules. Um, just joking. But uh, yeah, there's a bookstore right there. And uh, obviously they took some, uh, they changed the name around. And then, uh, so it looks just like it in the building above it's the exact identical thing. So cool. That's, and then it's located on Charing Cross, just like we're are in Universal. So, Mike, when do you uh, think uh, the London waterfront could be opening? I mean, there's really no hurry. Uh, you know, I mean, this is the tough week right now. Uh, the next two weeks, spring break, uh, Easter, you know, for most people. Um, so uh, they're not going to be done the next two weeks, I don't think. But it's soon. I, I think definitely in May you'll be walking around over there at least being able to see things. My guess is not this week, not next week, but the week after that. Yeah, so May. And and we'll get an announcement that week yeah. of a date. Yeah. I mean, you may be riding the Dwarf Mine train by the time the waterfront opens. <laughs> Nick, what are you thinking? I agree with Sean. I think it'll be... Knowing my luck, it'll be the week after I get back from Red Bash. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going, Nick? Uh, April 26th and the 27th, I'll be down there. The Saturday That's when Sunday. I had grad night. Yep. On the 27th. I so. think, I'm hoping that'll be open in like two weeks or so, but right now, I think they announced the original Harry Potter opening in like early, early May, if I'm not mistaken. The date? Yeah, the date. No, March. March they did? March, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. March 23rd. Okay, thank you. Um, I thought it was May for some odd reason. Um, uh, I hope two weeks. I think they'll probably do three weeks and they take down the walls or do an event of some sort where it'll probably be like the local media and they'll announce the date and it'll probably happen right around the time that they're doing the whole entire Seven Dwarfs thing as to try and usurp that. Because Speaking of... Uh, cold, cold yeah. War. Yeah. How unusual was that yesterday with the person who got that special tour? Yeah, that was weird. That was was Mickey Extreme, I believe it was called. First of all, I've never heard of them. I mean, no offense. They have like... It was so random. And they have 300 followers? Yeah. Yeah. They must know somebody. I feel like they know someone and they did something that they were probably not supposed to. I don't know. Yeah, it it seemed really odd. Yeah, I, I don't know. We haven't heard anyone else gone through this tour. Um, Unless they bought someone a big case of beer or something. I don't know how that Way more than beer. Just a shit ton of cocaine. Um, (laughs) Incredibly unusual. Because it was was unannounced. No one thought it was coming. And all of a sudden on on Twitter, we just saw Mickey Extreme just posting these photos. On a Sunday late evening. um, Because it was still sunny out. And just... Photos. It's like, oh yeah, we're talking to the guys. Here's some photos. Yeah, here's some stuff. And what was really interesting is that we got, we got to see some of the facades. We saw the sod was installed. We saw that um, possibly the night bus could be walking. I'm not sure because it it, it, no, just, it was just so. open. It was just open though. Maybe you yeah. could. Maybe you could just stand up there and look in or something. Well, I, I think they have to put some things inside still. Obviously, they have to put the beds yeah. in. There. I think that's really just like a photo op right there in the back. Right there, you would stand there and. Either you take okay. your own picture, or there'll be like a photo connect thing. Like, look at me, I'm on the night bus. Okay, I could see that. That would work. Oh, that makes sense. 
And then yeah. um, they took a photo of the uh, taxi rest uh, building, whatever it's called. Cabman's Shelter. Cabman's Shelter. You see the British version of the taxi yeah. rest building thing. We still have one coming for the other side, I think. Cause... Do we know if that's going to be food, beverage? Could it be ticketing for getting into either attraction, Diagon Alley no, or Hogsmeade? No, ticketing is in King's Cross. But what about getting into Hogsmeade? I mean, not Hogsmeade, uh, Diagon Alley, sorry. King's Cross. Yeah. There's a separate structure. And I think we no, kind of no, no. saw he it. Means, so much. He means like the tickets to come back at a later time. Oh. No. Uh, no, no I'll be there. No, okay. it'll, it'll be outside the area. Yeah. It okay. might be between Disaster and uh, King's Cross, maybe. Yeah. I don't even it's going to be outside of the fenced area. The fenced I, mean, I think it'll later. be like across the park or something. Yeah. Like, like Maybe. kids own area or uh-huh. over by the um dead spot at men in black between it and like simpsons that little area right there could it be in, i mean the biggest open area you have in all the universal is right in front of the amphitheater amphitheater i told you <laughs> it's back it could be in front of the firehouse could be who knows Maybe that's what's going inside of uh, Cafe La Bamba. I mean, not, uh, no, uh, Garden of Allah. Sorry. Ah, pardon that'd be a good pardon me. That would, that would not be bad. But, I mean, then the problem comes down to if, if there, it's there, you know, people have to get into the, excuse me, get in the land first. So when the land fills up, you just, like, say, oh, sorry, you're not allowed in. You have to run across the park now and go get a ticket. I mean, it'll it, probably be over there somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, if you look at um, how they dealt with Hogsmeade, they had it on the uh, Jurassic Park and in the Lost Continent area. So I can very much see that them doing the same thing here. You'll have it in the World Expo, and then you'll have it in the uh, San Francisco area it's for ticketing options. Yeah. Well, this one's a lot better um, <clears throat> laid out for this sort of thing. This is a much better situation than Hogsmeade. Very much compl- so. You can completely bypass it just walking along the embankment. And, you know, it's just better. In all ways. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what were we going to talk about after this? I forget. You know, I, I guess there must have been some rules yesterday because we really didn't get any pictures of the things I yeah. really wanted to see. There was no close-ups of the entrance. There was no close-ups of the windows in these shops we don't know about. You know, it's... It, so, you know, obviously there were some kind of rules going on where, oh, you can only take pictures of things maybe you could see over the wall. I feel like they stayed on the uh, farthest most embankment because they still had a bunch of construction work going on. So uh-huh. that, may, that may have been a hard head area still. Yeah. Just a thought. So, yeah. So, yeah, London, y'all. So Looks close awesome. yet so far. Berm's going to berm. Berm's going to berm. How, how great is that berm? That's pretty That's awesome. Okay. That berm's pretty great. I mean, it's okay. It's not I'm done I'm still yet. not convinced. It needs work. I don't know. It's not done. It needs some hedges. You know, it's not, they, they've only planted two trees in it. Might as well go over there and take a it's photo and enough, say this Sean. is the they example of why oh, Universal you, sucks, right? You two. <laughs> they need it's, more than two. That, you, so not, none there, of y'all believed me when I said they were going to build a berm. Now yeah, y'all are freaking you. out that the berm isn't big enough or doesn't have enough trees yet. It's I, like, I mean, it's weird over there, man. It's just weird. 
Friend of the podcast, uh, Tebin, said that like the berm when they were looking at it was like 75 feet deep or something ridiculous. So I mean, they're gonna print, they're gonna plant trees, they're gonna put in bushes, they're gonna put in hedges. They'll probably put sod on it. It'll look great. It'll look, you know, just like the berm, you know, around. When I look at that berm, I immediately think of the berm that's like right near um, imagination and the land. You know, it's that kind of just giant one that's really massive, but you don't notice really. Yeah. That's kind of what I see. But berm's going to berm. And then I guess eventually they have to enclose Grimmauld in some capacity just to keep the sun from shining through. I don't know. It seems like they kind of started already with the the purple, um, not drywall, but whatever they use. Yeah. Some some have it and some don't. It has like the squares cut out like they have in uh, above Leicester Square. So I guess it's the same kind of thing. Because they're going to have window features there, maybe. I think uh, in uh, Ken Story's article from last week, there's a, a creature effect in uh, number 12. I was going to say, they have to have something. Yeah, in... you can't just have pass-through with a beige shell building in the back. Yeah. Well, and they've got to have some sort of effect in, you know, the Order of the Phoenix, House of Black area. Yeah. I yeah. could just see, like, creature picking up a curtain and looking out. That'd be awesome. Saying filthy mudbloods or something <laughs> as you walk by. Will it be Creatures a screen or an audio-animatronic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that could be a practical effect. I mean, all these it, windows usually have practical effects. It'd be yeah. easy, too. Just to, He doesn't even have to be an animatronic. He can just be like an animated head that it, pops up or it, something. It could just be like the, uh, wicked, Figure. Qu- the, wicked, yeah. the wicked Queen from uh, you know, Snow White. Yeah, exactly. That exact yep. thing. Yeah, he doesn't move that much. Yep. And it doesn't even have to be that big of a like a thing. It could just be in like the bottom like right hand corner every five minutes. Right, and it could just be like his little head and an ear with a hand that pulls back the curtain. He sticks his head out and goes back. Exactly. Now, my, now I'm going to dream of an impossible show where Dobby and Creature have a show in the Grimald Place <laughs> windows. A show, or can we? You know what? How about oh, we Dobby? Just... Dobby just annoying the shit out of Creature. <laughs> Bobby is free. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. Anything else from London, guys? We're probably forgetting something. I'm sure. The chandeliers in the Wyndham's facade. Those are pretty nice. Hey, yeah. Sean, are your windows open? Yeah, dude, it's hot here. Yeah, and I can totally hear everything outside. That's not. That's not my fault. Oh, what do you mean? It's freaking hot. That, that uh, that coat of paint on Wyndham's really did the trick. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. And I mean, they're painting everything. It looks beautiful right now. And just, again, as you said, Mike, it just, it looks like it went from, and we're not doing anything, to, yep, let's finish it. Mm-hmm. Screw it. Well, that's kind of what happened in January. I mean, it went from half finished facades to, you know, basically done, and then they didn't touch yeah. it for four months. I feel like they're, they must be like working from the inside out or something. They are. When they get, when they reach a certain point on the inside, they're like, all right, let's finish up the outside. Yeah, they still gotta put the big clock up on uh, King's Cross. So, yeah, should we talk about the um, interior photos that we had from uh, the helicopter about three or four weeks ago? Um, yeah, N- News Thirteen. Click Orlando needs a better camera. Is that? Oh my god, so bad. They were using the same Motorola razor that they used for the uh, Mine Train Imagineer exclusive pictures. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The same Kodak camera I got for a Christmas present in 2001 in order to uh, start my uh, budgeting uh, uh, digital media career. 
It was like 1.4 megapixels. Shoot, 1.4 is being generous for that thing. Yeah, it's true. That was really bad. They should really get some of that phantom cam work they have for Fox Sports for all the MLB games. Just saying. That'd be pretty sweet. But whatever. Anyway, it looks pretty good inside. Uh, looks like they're wrapping up. It's about three weeks old, so... Yeah. It, it looks good. What can I say? Do you notice the green thing they're putting on top of the uh, bridge to nowhere? Yeah. Uh, isn't that scaffolding for uh, actual um, some glass or plexiglass or whatever they're putting in? I don't know. No, it's a covered <laughs> walkway for whoever, whatever. Silly bridge. Silly. The bridge to nowhere. That thing. Mike's favorite part of the expansion. Yeah. The trough. <laughs> the trough. It has a purpose, y'all. No worries. So, um, should we talk about what we were discussing last night, or do we have any oh, other oh, news? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what, 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 the, what was... The, uh, what the, the hell VIP, happened to you? The, uh, the VIP lounge. Oh, yeah. I have literally never heard Mike say that before. So that was the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I knew we were forgetting something. Oh, yeah. So we had a VIP lounge. Uh, permits came out for VIP lounge, I believe. Where was it again, Sean? Um, building 64D. It's where uh, the bathrooms and magical menagerie are. Cool. Yeah, you're walking down Diagon Alley to the left of Gringotts. That yeah. building right there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So... VIP lounge is what's labeled as. Uh, do you, do we think it's going to open with the rest of the land? What kind of VIP lounge will it be? We I think it's going to be a straight VIP lounge that people can that like rich people can rent. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a pass holder lounge or a Amex lounge like they have at the front of the park. It could be something like because I mean, there's a bunch of people who come to the Wizarding World and they're high rollers and they want to have some sort of lounge area where they could rest without being with the unwashed yeah. mashes, unwashed masses. Sorry, um, I, I I can agree with you on that. It, it it just sounds like you know a Club Thirty Three Plus situation where you know you have dignitaries or celebrities who come in and that's where they're treated to. You know, they just relax. Have a good time. Yep. It's only for Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling. Universal Creative's not allowed. <laughs> Clearly. Well, they, they, do, they don't do anything anyway, so. They're just there. They're just there. They exist. They just pay them to uh, just sit there and go, yeah, that sounds great. Um, any other thoughts on the, the VIP lounge? No, hopefully I can be a VIP someday. You're, you're a VIP in our books, man. Oh, thanks, guys. That's, that's all the. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> You're a VIP to me, man. You're a VIP of my heart. <laughs> okay, um, we're done. We're done. We're done now. We're diagon, right? There's nothing else. It's probably something. Oh, Sean's window's open again. Yeah, I know. It was never not open. <laughs> it's been open. We've been we've just been mentioning it now. Um, so I guess we have a title of the show. Somehow has to deal with Sean's window. So, um, 
It's like 80 here. It's hot. Podcasting on the phone. Yeah, it was 80 like here yesterday, and now it's 53, and it's going to snow tonight. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's coming towards you, man. Don't fight yeah, it. It's, it's going to rain. It's not going to snow. It's going to rain. It's, it's only going to be here. It's gonna, only going to go down to like 50-something here. Okay. Um, 50-something. We're getting 46 tonight, man. In Savannah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Global warming. Global climate change, sir, I believe is the <laughs> appropriate term. Weather is a temporary phenomenon and climate change right. is a long-term, <laughs> sir. All right, Al Gore, let's move on. Okay, okay, young Al Gorean, Excelsior. <laughs> Man bear I'm pig. Super cereal, guys. <laughs> Man bear pig. Man bear pig. Oh, my God. Um, so I guess what we had going on last night between the four of us was a discussion about, um, I guess Universal opening late. But what happened when it came from was, um, uh, Drunk on Disney, or Drunk in Disney or whatever his Twitter handle, uh, was at Animal Kingdom at 8 o'clock last night and was taking photos of a bunch of random closed stuff. Was he trespassing? No, he was not trespassing. It was open. And no one was there. And... We brought this up, and um, we had some discussions about a few things. Um, but what it came down to was uh, one of the discussions was, well, Universal has no one at night either, which I disagree with, especially compared to his photos. But um, I guess what it really comes down to, um, and something that we want to bring up, is this whole entire idea that Universal closes early, comparatively to um, Hollywood Studios and the Magic Kingdom, and um, what kind of offerings they have, um, um, Mike or Sean? I know, I know, you guys are the two disputing factions. They're really close early compared to Hollywood Studios. Ho- I mean, Magic Kingdom. And I mean, it depends. I mean, for yeah. Hollywood Studios, I feel like they close usually an hour or two, depending on the park. It's um, usually like an hour. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty close. But what I'm saying is that it, Epcot usually closes a little at the same time or earlier. Because I usually see them closing at 9, and Hollywood Studios closes at 10. The Magic Kingdom just stays open to 1, because F it. So, I, I guess, what we need... I, how, how should we approach this? Because this, we had a huge conversation, and let's continue it now. Um, Sean Trong. It all comes down to one word, and this can even apply to Animal Kingdom. It's about culture. And people have been conditioned to expect from Disney... Every night at Epcot and Magic Kingdom, a nighttime spectacular they could just walk up to or wait in a spot for. And it happens every night. They can eat, they can buy things, and they can show up, you know, you know, people like us right before it starts or an hour beforehand, and they could see a show. And they've been expecting this forever. This would this is what put Epcot on the map when they first debuted Illuminations and kept people there at night. And Fantasy in the Sky at Magic Kingdom, plus the Electrical Parade and Spectre Magic. Um, nighttime at Epcot and Magic Kingdom are events. People have grown up with this. I mean, think about it. During our lifetime, there has been nightly at those two parks, nighttime entertainment. At Universal, it's been off and on. Before Cinespec, they had 360, which played a couple times a year on the big holidays. And at the very beginning, they had Dynamite Nights and the Miami Vice Stunt Show. 
Um, and you know, Universal's never had enough to keep people there all day. You know, people go through there, they go commando, they finish up, and they leave. Um, City Walk probably exacerbated the problem. They want you to leave the park and go to City Walk, go to the clubs, go to the shops, go to the restaurants, and eat there. Um, both Universal Parks have two table service restaurants. There's really no push for people to eat there. There's They don't really sell out ever. Um, and one of the complaints when Cinespec came online almost two years ago now, um, I remember when the first couple nights, everything was closed. Shops would close before the show started. Restaurants would close an hour before. When I was there last year for Springfield, and you went to Bassett uh, Boulevard, it was closed an hour before Cinespec already. Um, so there's really nothing left for people to do but sit around and wait for the show. Universal's missing out on revenue. And they still haven't changed people's um, visiting patterns. I, I guess maybe Cinespec has helped a little bit. I'm sure it has. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it nightly. But I think there needs to be more of a push to make people aware of this. There's some signs around the park, but if you didn't know any better and you weren't paying that much attention, it just looks like a regular old Universal sign. It's the globe in front of, you know, it's the globe in space. And it says Cinespec 100 Years of Movie Magic. And it looks just like the 100th anniversary posters and signs everywhere. So there's really nothing to differentiate what it is. Um, you know, we always say, well, guests should know better, but obviously, I mean, Sean and I have worked in theme parks. Joe, you have a little experience yeah. at, uh, testing place. People, guests are dumb. They leave their brains at home, um, or they're like the super planners and the super planners aren't at universal anyway. They're down I four planning their life away at Disney. Um, so there needs to be more to switch the culture around at universal um, Animal Kingdom might face this problem when they finally had their nighttime thing going on. I mean, Animal Kingdom will have been around for 20 years at that point almost with no nighttime show and always closing around five. That's going to take some time. Um, you can look at studios. Unless it's Osborne Lights time, it's dead except for Sunset Boulevard. Um, so, you know, Magic Kingdom and Epcot... 20 plus years nightly stuff they've they've got people expecting those things and people go there every night and those you are know, the two studios highest studios always has has always had fireworks a nighttime show yeah. i don't I, they've always had one but i don't know how frequently it was before fantasmic yeah well, and now was... it's all yeah well Fanta- the studios is all in that one area unless it's christmas yeah. time then it's spread out between the two areas but still yeah that's a little different and that one, you have to go actually go in the arena and sit. That's a different kind of situation. Yeah, but what we're talking about is um, the uh, Sorcery in the Sky or whatever it was called. Yeah, the yeah. Old, yeah. Sorcery in the Sky. You know, the old one with the giant inflatable Mickey. Was that, like, nightly or was that just during peak times? Because I'm not sure. I don't remember. I, always I mean, remember how long ago was that? I was oh, God, that was eight That's years almost years ago. ago now, right? Oh, yeah, 20 it's years like, ago. Yeah. I mean, Fantastic's well, when- almost 20 years old. Yeah, it was like the first few years of the park. Because, I mean, like, they had the Rocketeer fly before it. I remember the Rocketeer flying in front of the Chinese theater when I was little. That just blew my mind. But Yeah. Y'all, no joke. Fantastic's almost 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's 15 years old. How crazy is that? With no updates. The one opened in 99? 20, though, right? It opened uh, in 95, right? The one in Disneyland came out in 95. Uh, Disney, Disney World's came out in 99. 
Wow. Okay. Well, the concept is 20 years old. Yeah, but Disneyland's seen improvements. A lot. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, so I rest my case. Okay, Sean. I just, I don't know what you want them to do to make Cinespec more visible. It's in the maps, it's on the Times Guides, they make announcements like an hour before. And people, I, I've, it hasn't been a huge rousing success. Again, I went last year in like Memorial Day week, and I walked right up to it, right, right up next to the little lagoon, very easily. Um, like I, w- I want it to be more of a success. I want people to stay, and more people probably stayed than without it, but. It definitely isn't capturing guests like it, like you would think it would, and I, I personally feel like that's the reason why we haven't seen one in Islands of Adventure yet is because while it, it may have helped, it may have been a, a success. It wasn't a huge one, so they're not in a real rush right now. And IOA has the worst, like keeping people there after five p.m. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no one's there if after five o'clock. I don't know why, but no, absolutely no one stays after 5 o'clock. I think a big problem is that all the universal attractions are the kind of attractions you do before 2 p.m. And by that, I mean, you kind of, you know, the roller coasters, the ones you wait in line for, all that stuff. Um, The ones you plan for, not necessarily the ones that you find in other Disney parks, especially ones that have the nighttime shows where... It's more leisurely, something that you experience before dinner when it's available, stuff with shorter lines, et cetera, et cetera. So I I, I think that's an actual issue is that you see the major e-tickets, but nothing like a Circle Vision movie or, you know, something of that nature. Yeah, but Joe, no one goes into the Circle Circle Vision movies anyway. But but, but I'm saying like (laughs) – I'm not saying that it has to be that. I'm saying those sort of experiences is kind of what I feel like is – it, it, I feel like that's what primes the din- the dinner crowd, and having dinner open combines into having people stay later. Because I feel like around like two p.m., even noon, people are just done with the whole entire ride line wait line. You know, the whole entire you know running around. They kind of want to relax a little bit. So I think that's kind of my issue that I see, and it comes back to um, what Mike said: culture. You know, you have to have these things open later. You know, closing them at four or five o'clock is not going to help. You have to have fast food boulevard or a, additional sit-down restaurants open later. Um, otherwise, it just seems like you're getting you're pushing people out. It just seems like okay, we've done everything yeah, or oh, this, we're tired. This is, a, this is a chicken, you know, or an egg theory, you know, thing. But what if they're not open because the people are they? Are they not open because the people don't stay, or do the people not stay because they're not open? Well, first of all, it was the egg, because based on uh, rudimentary elements... You know what I mean! <laughs> no, it's it's definitely because things are not open. I think it's because yeah. things are not open. We, I mean, but and I, people probably, they probably tried earlier and they said, eh, no one's staying. Well, that's because you didn't have a nighttime show that was on every single, almost every single night. You didn't have the attractions... You know, all this different things. Things have changed. Let's keep some things open and see what happens. Yeah, but, you need but, to take that risk. 
But based off your argument, I shouldn't be able to walk into Pecos Bills at Magic Kingdom uh, at dinner time and be able to get something to eat in a line that's not like what I have in the middle of the day. Or there should always be a wait for Pirates of the Caribbean. Those things are not true. At night, you can basically walk on Pirates or Haunted Mansion, or at least before Five Fast Pass Plus, because people have gravitated towards those areas to watch those shows. So there you go. That that's a little yeah. different. I mean, for me, and, but but uh, everything around that lagoon. Is where you can eat. You can eat at um, Fulton's. You can eat at all those other places. Are all around the lagoon and should be open later, but they're not open. Listen, I was pretty. Dinnikins is open late, and so is um, what you call it, uh, Lombards. Mails is too. Listen, if people really wanted these places open, they'd be complaining and they'd be open. And Sorry, we can't hear you over the bus. <laughs> <laughs> If people wanted them open, they'd be complaining. Like, I'm not saying they shouldn't be open. They should. But if this was as big of a problem and people were mad about it, there would be complaints and it would be would it would be changed. But it doesn't matter. People don't complain. You know what they do? They leave. Yeah. They leave and they go to CityWalk or they leave and they go to I-4 and go to B-dubs. When, when I went to Fast Food Boulevard that night, I was pretty put off by it all. Um, they're picking up the chairs. They're mopping. They they're essentially kicking you out. But did and you say you something about is, it? No. Then how did you? Then how do they know? <laughs> oh. Why you know, would you, you not just say hang something out? about it? Because I was having fun, man. You know, so? I wanted to hang out. And at Moe's, you think they want people to stay there and eat and drink their their food and eat their food and drink their specialty drinks? Instead, they're kicking you out, and there's nobody hanging around Duff. We'll tell it's, them it's next weird. time. It's weird. You would think that'd be a very popular spot, but people don't yeah, there's know, no reason and then why. they're also kicking you out. There's no reason weird. why Lowe's shouldn't be always open at night. Like, If you want to close off the rest of the fast food billboard, close it off, put something up to block people. But Moe's should be open as at least just a drinking place that you can go well, to a bar. They want you to go to Duff instead. The the, the thing, though, is that when you go to a theme park or you're on vacation, the only time you ever complain is when you feel like your money is being wasted or your time is being wasted. If you're a normal normal guest, I agree. But if you're someone who knows theme parks, there's no reason not to say this. I just don't – It takes two seconds after after you're done the day. Guest relations is still going to be open. Ain't nobody got time for that, man. If it's if it is such a big deal, I would say something. And but here's I'm the thing: something about it now. But here's the thing: well, I'm dealing. Universal with... doesn't listen to our podcasts. Yes, they do. God, I hope not. But I mean, look at it. When when you're dealing with, just get out of the theme park realm. If you're dealing with customer relations in any sort of form. In a company, you do not rely on whatever your customers come back and tell you. Yes, you should listen to them, but treating that as, well, we've had no complaints, so we see nothing wrong, is just incredibly dumb. And the fact that Universal, you know, keeps doing this means that they either they know about it, which I think is more likely, and they want people to go to CityWalk or are waiting until additional attractions or whatever, or they're just not doing this research. It's basic research. Or maybe they've done the research and they found out they don't need it. I think they're just they're trying to save money on labor on that end of the park and they're trying to push everybody to the front. Yeah. They want you to eat at Mel's and Horror Cafe 
and be over there by Transformers. They want you to be closer to the exit. But this summer, things need to change. And they, they should change. And then, especially in two years when Kids Zone opens, things really need to change. Listen, I'm not saying it shouldn't be open. I'm just thinking, I just think you, you guys are assuming a lot of things. And so am I. N- n- none of us know, but I think you're, you're simplifying it to be a lot more easier than it is. Well, here's the thing. This summer is going to change things because yeah. no longer will you be able to do Commando Universal in a day. I, I well, think it's a little bit suspect it best to do it now. But, it's, I mean, just doing Harry Potter now for a lot of people may take most of the day if you want to go to both parks. Plus, there's everything else to do, and they're not slowing down. So the dynamic will shift more towards people will need to be there later at night. And they'll need to keep things open later. And then people will sit and watch these shows and they'll demand food. And, I mean, right now the unofficial guide has a universal in one day touring plan. That's a shame. I mean, Shame on you, Lentesta. But but it's there because it can be done. When you have demand. Exactly. Well, it can be done if you do... Only the big rides. And, and, and as we discussed before, you could do multiple Disney parks in one day if only you do the big rides. Right. Oh, yeah. And I agree with you completely, but that's the mentality that they have. If you, you have to build those additional attractions with Diagon Alley open, that's going to change it. That's, that's going to be one of those big things that's going to really change things. Got to change that culture, y'all. I think it comes down to culture and and attractions. And once you have both of those that are saying we're going to be open and we're going to be like the ultimate theme park to be at, you know, at nine or ten o'clock, then that's when they'll, you know, it'll happen. You just you yeah. just have to have that confidence. I th- I think the bigger thing is having people on staying on site. That helps. That's why Disney has, is able to do all, all that stuff, and that's why they have all those people there at night, because the people don't have anything better to do. It's not even that they have anything better to do. It's just that it's so easy to go from the parks in the, you know, it, they, from Universal, it, it takes a while to get from your resor- from the, the garage to your resort if you're off property. But if you're staying yeah. on property later at night, it's going to be much easier. You don't have to deal with the parking. You can just walk over. You can pass out in your bed. You don't have to worry about traffic. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, if you're staying down I-4 at Disney and you're at Universal, yeah, it takes a while to get back to your hotel room if you're staying off-site. So. I mean, even if you're what? staying on I-4, it's still get in your, you know, walk all the mm-hmm. way over, get in your car, drive out of the parking garage, drive over wherever you're parking. I mean, like, I stayed... I, between my when I was there in June 2012, I stayed at um, a resort on uh, I four that was a five minute drive between when I pulled out of the parking lot to getting into the garage at Universal. I never got out of Universal any of the parks at night into my hotel room under 30 minutes. Why? Well, I, I've done that and stopped at Taco Bell before. Well, obviously you're much faster than I am. <laughs> You just really want it to the Taco Bell, man. It's fine. Exactly. You just got to have it. Yeah, um, no. Got to get those ample, apple empanadas, man. All about the cinnamon tr- twist, man. Okay, that's fair enough, fair enough. All about the diarrhea, bro. 
Exactly. Oh, you're a hater. Cleans out your system after a day of park food. I haven't eaten at Taco Bell since I graduated college, it's and all, I'd like to keep it that way. It's what? all it's all fine. Mike doesn't eat at theme parks. Mike doesn't eat, period. He ate a Christmas. Mike burger. exists on now, fanboy tears. Here's the thing. Mm, I'm more tears are so delicious. Mm, no. I'm more inclined <laughs> to eat around 6 o'clock at night at Universal Studios, but guess what? Everything's closed. So he goes Not to Taco Bell. Not time, bro. <laughs> I do agree. That made me mad the one time I went to go eat at Fast Food Boulevard and they were closed. But that was a Halloween Horror Night, so that was a little bit different than yeah. what happened to you. So That was just poor planning on my part. I didn't expect them to close it like they did. So When I go in the summer, I feel like I should be able to go to Leaky Cauldron and Fast Food Boulevard in one day. And if you'll I can't... be able to do that. I, I think you'll be able to. But I mean, I, I would like to do that as ever I see fit, so... The park, well, the park's open till 10, so Fast Food Boulevard will probably close at 9. Well, but not right now, they haven't. I mean, when the parks close at, you know, 10 before, they it doesn't close that late. And right now, the yeah, parks it does. are. Right now, the it park closes an hour before. An hour before the park, park closing. closing. But the park closes at 9 right now. Okay, so it's open till 8. Till 8? Okay, okay. Well, that's going to change here. Have they released June hours yet? Has anybody actually looked to see about they, that? They have June know. hours, but they're the generic nine to nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dan does a pretty good job of keeping up with that because that's his that's his thing. Yeah. And he's all about the touring of the universe. Yeah. Um. Um. So, what do you think? How will Animal Kingdom um, change with Avatar and whatever the nighttime thing is over there in three years? I bet it'll be fine. I don't know what the nighttime thing is yet. Is there enough to do at Animal Kingdom to prevent the universal problem? No, but there's well, not uh, enough to do at at Hollywood Studios either, and it does fine when Fantastic's playing. What will happen at Animal Kingdom is it will become a mid-morning, early afternoon park. If it's going to stay open late, people will use that as they're morning to sleep in a little bit and then they'll go to the park and do what they have to do because a couple of attractions in Avatar and a new night show is not going to make it where you won't be able to get it done if you get there at 11 or 12 o'clock. This is a different situation than Fantasmic because, again, Fantasmic is its own contained area where you have to go sit in the amphitheater. Uh, presumably, at Animal Kingdom would be more spread out, but will it be like Universal where they're trying to push you out to the front or you'd be all around wherever it is? Well, they're um, adding those night safaris, man, so they're going to expect yeah. people to be back in Africa. Mm-hmm. What I imagine is going to happen is they're probably going to – they're expecting people at night to probably be in Avatar. They're going to expect them to be at in Africa. They're going to expect them to be eating probably in Dinoland or Asia, um, especially at Yak and Yeti, and they're going to expect them to be riding Dinosaur or Everest. So pretty spread out then. Yeah. Yeah, the but I mean – I. But, but what I think the walking trails will still close, though. Walking oh, yeah. trails will close. I wouldn't be surprised if um, uh, Cali River Rapids closes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the shows stop. If um, you see, I mean, the I don't shows think... will stop, but I bet Cali stays open. Cali, Cali will stay always open. stays open. Yeah, Cali stays open late now. Yeah, yeah, but but then I mean, how how late is late now? I mean, it'll stay open till. The park closes. They they kept it open during evening extra magic hours. They'll keep it open until park close. Okay. 
I I just I don't know. I I don't see it. I I don't see the park handling the evening crowd as well. I think they they think they can throw in a nighttime show, and it'd be just like you know California Adventure, you know, <laughs> you know it's just like oh wow we just have all these things to do now. People just don't stay late because there's no night show. That's the reason why it's like no, it's because. California Adventure had a bunch of shitty, you know, flat rides. And Animal Kingdom has a bunch of shitty flat rides, too. But... That has... One. <laughs> yeah, one. Um, no, it has two. 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 world counts. Eh, I, don't call, I don't consider that a flat ride. I consider that a shitty coaster. But, um... It's just... I, 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 I think at, when um, World of Color opened at California Adventure, you had Toy Story Midway Mania, which was, you know, already pretty big. And you still had all those other attractions in the park. Compare this to Animal Kingdom, which has pretty much Dinosaur, Everest, and Kilimanjaro Safaris. Well, and also the thing that helps DCA is that Disneyland is literally right across the street. So if you're at Disneyland that morning, you walk literally right across the way to DCA for World of Color and pack in there at night. The walk from Disneyland to California Adventure is quicker than the walk from Islands of Adventure to, like, Hard Rock. Yeah, I mean it is, it is unfathomably quick. It's it's ridiculous. So, so this leads to an even bigger discussion. Um, so the year is 2017. Animal Kingdom has Pandora. Oh my god! And this I'm new 31. nighttime show. I'm third. Magic already. Kingdom has this new parade and presumably a new nighttime show. Where does this leave Disney Hollywood Studios? Dead. Mm-hmm. Needing a lot of work, which even more than what it already has. Don't worry, they already announced that Star Wars Land is going to be open in 2025, <laughs> or or more likely, probably 2018 or 2019. American Idol will still be I don't think it's along. coming that quick. I'm thinking 2020 is the earliest you see Star Wars Land. I think that all depends on how much they look at Diagon Alley, because I think that's a big question mark for Disney. I think they're in. I still think they're in denial. I mean, we saw a little bit of anger from them, but I still think they're like, yeah, we'll weather this fine. You know, high tide raises all boats, et cetera, et cetera. And I think they just don't get it yet. That diagonality is going to pull this way. And if they see it, you know. Oh, no, I, Joe, I think they completely get it. I no, but I don't think I don't they think they care. It. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, I think the people who are smart get it, but I don't think those are the people who sign the paychecks, green light everything, get it. But I think they are set in their ways and they're going to do what they're going to do. And in the end, it'll all work out for them because people just can't get enough of Disney. Right. So Hollywood Studios is going to become the next Epcot and it's going to be uh, kept afloat by Star Wars Weekends. And they're... Fif- Sean, is there an ice cream truck outside here? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh my God! Go go right now and get some drumsticks for all of us. That's uh, too far. Wait, I just want to enjoy this. Where is he? I don't even see him. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> I didn't even know we had ice cream trucks in the city. This is the greatest thing we've ever done on the podcast. Okay, never mind. He's gone. Damn. Title of the show now has to be Ice Cream Man. No, I already have a title for the episode. We could do that though. Um, uh, God, I want ice cream now. I just lost my mind. What's going on? Um, I, I mean, there's going to be, you know, it's 
Hollywood Studios is going to be supported by the $100 or $50, buck, whatever, Star Wars breakfasts and the $1,500 characters. You know, the little... I think that's what it's going to be now. It's going to be the upscale thing that happens, you know, once a year where everyone dumps their money. Well, can you just imagine that person who's going down to Star Wars weekend with a family of four? They're paying for the $50 breakfast. That's $200. $500 for early admission to a Star Wars weekend. So that's, what, 500 times four is 2000 That's up to $2,200. No one in their right mind is going to do that. Wait, you, and then they there's buy a hundred, one of the there's 500, figures. Wait, $500 to early admission to the park? Yeah. What the f- I didn't hear about this. It's like early shopping. It's like shopping. a VIP tour. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And you get into the Darth Maul thing early. Yeah, every, but everything on it is basically free. Like, if you, you that you could do by yourself, just not early. Yeah. And you get, like, what? Don't you get, like, some preferred seating for the, what's yeah. the, those? It's like $500 per person. Jesus. I do have to admit, the new Ep- Epcot thing, where you can, where they're going to have the few restaurants and stuff open after park close, I think that's pretty smart. I it'd like be it. Cool, it'd be cool if it wasn't limited menus. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree too. I, I like it, but didn't they have – I mean, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like some of the stuff like doing Last Call shortly after Illuminations? Yeah, or, yeah I think so. Yeah, so I mean – Not even shortly, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. right before or right during. Um, it's just now it's published instead of it being one of those – Things that you just stumbled upon or you heard about from other well, people. It's, now, it's published, um, and you have to get reservations, and you have yeah. to pay thirty-five bucks for a limit, a fixed menu. Um, when I looked at it and I looked at the menus, and I think this would be something cool. I think, um, depending on the reviews of them, I may go for the Rose and Crown one, but I'm not sure. I, I it just sounds good. It does it, sound good, but it does. does um, as as Mike said, though, it's you know completely embracing what Epcot has become. It's a festival venue with a the world's okay. highest bar charge, you know. Does it have – um? The, you don't get like your stuff included with that. You have to pay for your food and drinks on top of that $35, right? No, I don't think so. It's included? I think some of it's included. I don't know. I didn't read it enough. It's a better deal than the Cinespec dining package. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Those are horrible. Okay, yeah. the um, – Sit with – Zero of your closest friends at Tough Gardens and watching fireworks. And possibly getting drenched by the fountains. Um, uh, okay, so here's what's going on. Uh, each location will have small bites paired with a beverage flight. Um, and it costs $35 per person plus tax and gratuity. Gratuity. So Gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is not included when you go to the amplifier. Gratitude. Gratitude is not included. Um, oh, Joe gonna Joe. Yeah, of course, man. You, you don't understand. I don't pronounce anything right. Um, so it just, it, uh, yeah, it sounds like 35 bucks you get a limited food menu of something you pick and then that's it. A flight of alcohol. Yeah, which, it, you know, if they let me buy more, I'd be more than more fun to do that. Well, I mean, that Rose and Cap- Crown um, flight that they have looks pretty good that Brandon's always talking about. It, it looks really good, actually. It's not a de- it's not a bad price for what you get, so. Yeah. I also like how the uh, Rose and Crown has a Carl right in the front. 
<laughs> I am okay with that because Carl is pretty freaking awesome. Did I ever tell you about the time I met Carl, like, for the first time? Fun fact, it was just uh, me and, like, these two random girls were next to me, and they were just having a great time, and I should have gone with them around. They were like, yeah, we're drinking around the world. I'm like, I should have gone with them. Yeah. Yeah, you should have. <sighs> it's like when Sean got hit on by the girl at the Forbidden Journey line, but he didn't really do anything with it. I'm pretty sure she was under 18. I don't know. Well, these ladies were <laughs> drinking alcohol, so... Air Prime. So, yeah, um, uh, Fallout Fantastic uh, kiosk around the crib. Pick up four exclusive lounges and satisfy your senses with tempting cuisine. Um, blah, blah, blah. Mission to Epcot After Hours. One just, um, and comes with com- complement complete with one beverage and a delectable selection of light snacks. So it sounds like the snacks are free and then you get one free beverage and then you can pay for the rest of the drinks. 35 bucks kind of sounds a little high for that, but still at the end, yeah. you know, hey. It's Disney prices too, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, I still want to, God, is Mike just being Mike? Berm's going to berm. I'd rather go to one of the hotel bars than pay that much to go to an Epcot bar. Yeah. What's the one at um, the boardwalk area that overlooks everything that's like at a higher level? Um, God, I can't think of it. In the, the Bellevue boardwalk? Lounge, the Bellevue Lounge, and that it something like that. I, don't, a nice know. I don't know the boardwalk. It's a nice, it's a nice bar. Just saying. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the Bellevue Lounge, if I remember right. Mike, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we. I think we bullshit enough here. Um, let's move on to the next topic because I think this one may take a while. Um, should we do it this week or should we wait for next week? Since we, we gotta got do it. it ton of listener questions too i won't be here next week yeah let's just let's just do it all tonight it's great right. it's gonna be a park scope three and a half hour spectacular we only have a minute and a half um friend of the park friend of the park scope friend of the podcast Mern. uh bloomer jello bloomer jello <laughs> asks uh, thoughts on apparent concerns within universal creative about the arguably excessive use of screen technology Can I start? <laughs> yeah, you, go for you, it. you start. I have to go pee because I have to go okay. to the bathroom. Here's the thing about the whole screen dealio. The screens aren't the problem. The, the things that Universal is doing cannot be done without screens. You can't do flying over Hogwarts without screens. You can't do Transformers without screens. You can't do Spider-Man without screens. You just can't. Animatronics can't do what these rides require, period. Now, I will say I think Universal does have a slight problem with their fixation on the type of rides they build, which is the hyperactive like action movie in five minutes. I like them. They're great rides. Don't get – I am not saying that they should not build these rides, but I think the – People's call for a lack of variety comes in the style and stories of the rides needing changing than the technology used in the rides. That's where I stand on the screens. The screens are fine. The screens do not bother me one iota. This is correct. And I think if you would have seen a Lorax ride getting built or maybe a – 
Grinch ride in the future, I think maybe you'll see a return to something different that's not as reliant on the hyperactive motion and screens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sean's right. You can't do these things that they're doing with practical sets 100% or animatronics. You, I mean, you can make a model of Hogwarts and everything, and it's going to look like the one in Peter Pan's Flight or the one in E.T. There's only so much you can do. Whereas the screens make it really realistic and make you really believe you're in that environment. But yeah, there's definitely a uh, valid argument to saying that there's too many of the same type of ride. Yes. And not enough of the middle ground. And hopefully King Kong will be somewhere towards the middle. And let's... let's... Forbidden Journey is the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, can we, can we stop saying Forbidden Journey is a screen-only ride? Because it yeah. is not... It's at least at least fifty percent practical effects. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the idea that people say Forbidden Journey is a screen screen ride is just like it's super insulting to that ride. And it's forgetting how innovative it is with the transitions between screens and practical sets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, that's no easy feat what they've done there. That, well and it's incredible. And I mean, everybody who's saying that Universal is completely overlooking um, making rides that don't have practical effects aren't. Uh, and we always get told that we're not looking at Disney from a whole world view. Well, look over at Singapore, what they did with the Madagascar ride, which admittedly has problems, but it's not screen based. And look at what they did with the Sesame Street ride, which is a phenomenal ride that is nothing to do with screens. So they are building those rides. And I think that if you give them time, those will come. Something like that will come to Florida. Yeah, and I mean, again, they're doing rides that no one else is doing. They're doing the most innovative rides in the world. And they these rides have sets. You know, Transformers is probably a little bit too screen heavy, but it still has great sets. And it's still, I, you know, I've been to, you know, Tokyo and Paris, and I'm still ranking Transformers in my top ten of, you know, attractions in the world. It's still a great attraction. I don't get the problem people have with this ride. I think part of the issue is that when people start thinking about universal screen attractions, they immediately start thinking of Simpsons, Despicable Me, those kinds of things. But, and that, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Because people are – it's not like these ride. the only ride, screen ride, that will be replacing a practical ride – is Gringotts and Gringotts is going to have plenty of practical things in it. Every yeah, other not one, not to mention all of Diagon Alley and every single freaking window and store. Right, right. <laughs> like uh, Simpsons replaced Back to the Future, which was already a simulator. Despicable Me replaced Jimmy Neutron, which replaced Hanna Barbera, which were already simulators. Transformers replaced nothing. Forbidden Journey, again, not a screen ride, but Forbidden Journey replaced nothing. So I, I just – they still have E.T. They still have Disaster. They still have Men in Black. They still have, uh, you know tra- – oh, no. I mean, t- Disaster what? sucks, man. That's awful. Oh, whatever. <laughs> the worst ride ever. The same people who deride all these screen rides say They still have – you know, T2 is just as much practical as it is screen. Yeah. So I just I, – I don't know. I don't get and I, it. And I want to defend Simpsons and uh, Despicable Me here for a second. You know, 
I would call that less of a simulator and more of a uh, an improvement over a 4D show. Um, whereas at Disney, you're sitting in a theater looking at a screen. In these attractions, you're in a ride vehicle actually interacting with the film you're watching. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily I would call, call Simpsons that a, a simulator. I wouldn't, it, it, yeah, but not in the sense that it's like Star Tours. It's different. Nah, mm. I'd, I'd say it's basically the same. Mm. I think one of the problems now. Sorry, Sean, or if anyone else brought this up, I had to run. I, I had to run the restroom. Um, I, I think one of the problems that we have is that um, you have pe- people notice screens when it feels like you're not when you're just looking at a movie, and by that I mean something along the line of Simpsons or Despicable Me, where you're moving around, things are happening, but you're staying stationary, or there's some sort of you know side periphery going on. Compare this to something along the lines of Spider-Man, where it just looks like it's part of the building and it's trying to replicate an effect that's just not possible. I think those are two completely different things that we need to look at. Right. Understand where I'm coming from? Was yeah. this covered at all? or Kind of. Kind of? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, and and this is just my, my one little thing. Everybody says that Disney focuses on practical effects, Universal is making screen rides, if you look at Epcot and you look at USF, you have Mission Space, it's Transformers. Okay? You have Soren, that's the Simpsons ride. You have Shrek, that's um the the Captain EO. And then you have this the um the one I'm missing. What's the one I'm missing? What's the well, fourth have, screen ride? Huh? In Epcot? No, in in uh the studios. In this is only three Midway Mania. Well, no, um, well, no. I mean, in Epcot, you have um, even um, the the three Capieros rod is mostly a screen based rod. And test so, tracks, pretty much all stuff now too. Yeah, so I mean, and impressions and yeah, if you count those, Canada, Spaceship Earth, and reflections of China, and universe of the energy, of Maelstrom, universe of energy. Yeah, hmm. so I mean, the part that everybody is like, you know, Epcot is was the greatest park and it's the perfect thing if you look at it it's kind of become a screen-based park circle of life so you know i mean you can't say universal is the only one doing it when it looks to me like disney is basically taking a park that was animatronic heavy and making it a screen-based park the two biggest are the two arguably biggest attractions to open in the past few years at disney are toy story midway mania and Star Tours 2. Soren. Soren. Well, the past few years. I mean, yeah. Soren, Soren's nearly a decade old, which is hilarious. Yeah, but it's still probably the most popular ride to open in the last 10 years. Well, what I'm trying to say is Toy Story, Midway Mania, and Star, Star Wars 2 are the most recent ones to open. Yeah. And those are all based on this whole entire screens, that's it kind of thing. And... um. Well, Little Mermaid open. Give him that. Little Mermaid Little, is not. Little Mermaid things. open, and that's very true. Um, but also, I'd like to say that you know the most impressive effect, the two most impressive effects in the uh, Bell's Enchanted Tales Cottage of Wonder are both projection screen based. You have the expanding mirror, and you have um, uh, Lumiere. So, yeah, well, yeah those projected faces. 
those projected face things that Disney's doing right now are pretty cool. I they mean, are. They yeah, are pretty I like sweet. I yeah. Let's let's just segue this into real quick um to touch on it. Um, but this week Disney came out and released some photos and videos of the new um, Seven Dwarfs audio animatronics, and they look fantastic. I think um, right. I mean, if you look in the video, uh, there's some issues with them, but I believe this is completely due to show lighting. Um, once those are actually in full show lighting and are fully operational and tested and adjusted, I think they're going to look almost just like a movie, um, and that's going to be really cool. Now, I know me and Mike haven't been to California, but how are they on Radiator Springs Racer? Um, they look good. Radiator Springs Racers has two versions of it. They have the eyes, which are mm-hmm. all digital, and then half of the cars have projected mouths. Um, it's mostly Luigi, um, Sally, and uh, Lightning McQueen that have the projected faces. All the rest of them have practical. But the projected faces and the projected eyes look really good. So, take it for what it's worth. Yeah, they look good. But yeah, I mean, I, I think everything looks good. I, I really like where they're going with this because clearly... I believe um, one of the hardest things for audio animatronics is the face movement and trying to make that look realistic. Uh, if you can get that down with projection or whatever, everything else pretty much you know clears up. I think, in my opinion. I'd really like to see Universal do a ride um, where they use Musion instead of like animatronics. Where everything else is practical, but the characters or the Musion effects. I think that would work out really well. Well, what what makes you think that we're not going to use Musion in Gringotts? Well, I mean, they, I mean, they're definitely going to use it in the queue. Yes. Um, I mean, they might. I don't know. The well, um, <clears throat> the Hermione in the middle of Forbidden Journey is not Musion, right? It's just a projection. I don't yeah. know. It looks like Musion. I'll yeah. be honest. I think it really does look like Musion. It looks like a smaller version of it, but it looks like it. And I really do not like that effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just all of a sudden there in That's this little hole. <laughs> the most random thing ever. <laughs> no, the oil yeah. rig at the end of Maelstrom is still the most random thing ever. <laughs> so how are they going to incorporate mm-hmm. an oil rig into into Frozen? Screens screens okay so i mean i'm gonna write more about this whole screen thing please do so i have a a blog formulating in my head good do so i i mean i I, and also remember people say you know disney makes audio animatronics and they immediately think of pirates of the caribbean and they say universal only makes screen-based attractions and then they look at you know simpsons or whatever and this is it, it it just it feels like a, it's in, it feels like sampling bias. That's what it really feels like. Of course, like. it is. But I, I know it is, but it, it just it could be proven. Highway has two screen based rides, two. And again, Forbidden Journey isn't really screen based, yes, and I don't really count. It. I don't even really count Spider Man as screen based. I feel like both of them are half and half. I would say Spider-Man is more so simply because you have the finale and all the action happens on a screen. Yeah, 
That's the only reason yeah. why I would. Yeah, and but you have like the pipe and stuff and all that. That's an actual physical effect that breaks and comes. The floating the... Statue of Liberty. Oh the no, fire, yeah. the falling I, I agree. bridge. I agree, but I still feel the like truck. all of the actual practical effect, all the practical, you know, conflict comes from screens, which is no. fine. I'm not don't arguing against about, it. Don't forget about the most important practical effect in Spider-Man: the Spidey signal. <laughs> the Spider signal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Which reminds me, if you haven't yet read it, please go over to Passport to Dreams. Give um, Foxy some clicks on read her great uh, article on why The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man is possibly the second best attraction in Orlando. It is worth a read. And possibly. It do- it's the first best. <laughs> possibly, because she argues that it's the Haunted Mansion, which is fine. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know... It's worth a read. Give it some clicks. Um, you know, I, I think we definitely need more Universal Studios um, analysis in our uh, theme park um, environment right now. There's just not enough, I think. So, yeah. Questions. Yay. Listener questions. Sound listener good? questions? Listener questions. Okay, let's start off with some listener questions. We've been rambling long enough. From Mr... <laughs> Alexand Mern J. Parks at, Jesus <laughs> at 10 Parks 1 City um, uh, they want to know uh, do you guys ever have taco night of course yes yeah. of course we all have taco last nights week. I haven't had taco night in a while I need to have taco night again I had taco night last week last week what are your preferred tacos chicken nice Nick? Preferred, I like chicken. Yeah. Chicken or fish. Mike? And also soft. Soft tacos, always. Yeah. Soft. Mike? Yeah, definitely chicken. Beef's boring. You see, I I go for the Tex-Mex and go with the completely stereotypical beef, hard shell, crappy, you know, fake cheese. (laughs) Or what I do is I have um, an awesome recipe for uh, deep-fried catfish tacos that are served with, like, a homemade... uh, um, slaw made with, uh, God, what was it? Um, yeah, it was a really good slaw and it's like with chipotle sauce. Fantastic. With corn tortillas, of course. So <laughs> I go either or. So, um, uh, Nick police box, AKA Peplock. Hey, Peplock. He wants to He's know, back. he wants to know the F Mary kill for universal monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only female one, right? I guess. Or do Dracula's brides count? What's um? What's uh? The the two little cheerleaders that are um Beetlejuice's cheerleaders? Uh, I don't know. That show sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm disappointed, Peplock. You could do better. Oh, really quick, Piplock, just so everybody knows, Piplock was the person who came up with the idea of the monster at the end of the ride using the Grover book that we you know we're last week. You know we're getting to that, right? Oh, we are? Yeah, okay. we are. But whatever. Yeah. I haven't um, looked. The mo- Actually, I don't know if... Whatever. Anyway, the point is that, yeah, the, the monster at the end of the ride, uh, uh, Sesame Street, awesome. That'd be the best ride ever, so... And yes, that was Peplock's idea. Peplock's idea. Listen to Peplock. 
Um, from a friend of the podcast, from the friend of Parkscope and of the podcast, we were on there last week. Inside Universal asks, "What is the meaning of life? Is it the pursuit of happiness, virtue, or the notions behind them?" Water world. <laughs> and we're moving on. <laughs> Next question from friend of the podcast, Inside Universal. Uh, uh, they want to know if we have any thoughts on Universal's five-year plan for Universal Studios Hollywood. It's going to be good. Screams. As of right now, it's still not really interesting to me to get me to Universal Hollywood, but... You can go and watch Waterworld all day. <laughs> but it, it, it's going to be good. I think the problem I have is that it seems like they say they're going to reduce 70% of the park, and that sounds kind of, I don't know, optimistic that way. It seems like very convenient, like, yeah, we're going to repave a lot of stuff, that kind of thing. It's um, a very small well, the park, whole, The whole yeah, top part true. of the parks is going to be, like, basically completely different. That's true. Yeah. I'm intrigued by what's going to happen with Forbidden Journey out there. So it's going to be Forbidden Journey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm really um, more concerned about the rest of it. Well, yeah, that too. Like the whole Wizarding World over there. I'm interested. Leave my friends alone. Okay. Um, from a friend of the podcast, uh, Brian uh, Dud92 on Twitter, Seven Dwarfs Mining with the V in sevens replaced with a number seven because elite. <laughs> elite skills no. are the hacksaw. Um, did J.K. Rowling give final sign-off for Diagon Alley yet? I would think so. <laughs> oh, as far as we know. <laughs> uh, we haven't heard anything, but we I, I think Mike Ariely went over in April. Yeah. What's his name? Ariely, Ariely, whatever. What is it? Aiello. Aiello, thank you. Aiello, Mike Aiello went over. Damn it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. could have been a lot worse. Joe's, <laughs> Joe's costing us media cred. <laughs> Love you, Joe. Yeah, I know, I know. Joe gone Joe. Oh... It wouldn't be Parks Go Podcast without Joe mispronouncing a few things. A few? <laughs> Just like it wouldn't be Parks Go Podcast without Mike telling everyone that they're wrong. Y'all. Oh, speaking of people who are wrong. <laughs> um, good friend of the show, Yo Polly NJ. I don't think he quite understands the meeting of Very Merry on Birthday. No, no, no. <laughs> he says, Am I wrong? No, no, no. He says un un birthday. Oh, he says too honest. yeah. Trust me, I I was very confused when I when I first noticed him doing that as well. Okay, carry on. <laughs> he's still wrong about a lot of things, but he's getting better. He's learning. We had a good influence on him, I think. Next question. Next question from friend of the podcast. On with the shows. Uh. How about silencing the critics by listing some of the things Universal is doing wrong? Parking. We kind of spent the the first the majority of the show doing that, no? Yeah. Uh, we, this has some growing pains. They'll figure it out. I'm trying to think of like what actually I don't like what they do. I really hate the um, 
the signs everywhere for their meal plan slash meal and deal back. When it was, yeah, I hate all that. How about the um, – uh, I don't know if they've done it recently, but how about the uh, American Express credit card person in that um, – in like the credit, in, you know where the the garages meet. In yeah, that general? yeah, bother me. I That's hate the fun. survey people. Oh, the survey like, people are horrible. I'm like <sighs> fit their perfect demographic with me and my wife there. You know. Well, so. it's horrible because it feels like they have to sign up enough people to get paid, so they just grab people. It just it I don't know. So I mean, I don't sleazy. I don't mind that either because Disney does the same thing. But they, it's um, not the same way. It's really not yeah, the same. It's not. Uh, you don't, don't get know. approached because I've been with you. You don't get yeah. approached as much as I do. I mean, oh, and I the other, th- the other one that um really annoys me is they have a deal with that timeshare that they have a place at yeah, uh, Men in Black me. and in um Jurassic Park across from River Adventure. They they annoy me. I have yeah. to feel like that once that deals up, they won't be back. I yeah. feel like there's a there, lot of short-term deals that Universal has that are going to be going away soon. There's a lot of things that happened in the Dark Ages that I have to feel like will go away. Crappy American. Uh, American sales sales American Express salesman. No, that's not going anywhere. That's not I, going I think they have. I mean, I don't. Feel, it's I, not. They, they just they re-upped them. and built them a giant screen in that yeah. uh, screen, in Sean. They built them screens. It's what but Universal that, does. That's not going anywhere. But they haven't been as pushy. I will say that. Like the last few times I've walked through there, they've kind of just let you buy. They haven't been like, "Do you want this?" You know what I mean? It's been. They have not been as pushy since they they, they recently screen. re-upped with American Express. That's not going anywhere. And it really doesn't bother me. I feel like there's a lot of desperate stuff of, you know, come by Express Pass, come see Blue Man, come do all this, you know, in the parks when it just seems to throw you out. Like, I just see it in random well, you guys, places. You guys just complain that they don't do enough to promote their shows. No, 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 no but that, that's different. <laughs> I, this is completely different. They're not promoting Cinespec, dude. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there's a difference between me walking through... Um, Marvel superhero island, seeing them upping all these additional perks, versus you know saying, "Hey, stay for this free show since you're here already." <laughs> yeah, and eat at our restaurants and shop at our shops. Bingo. This this will all change soon, though. It's got to. With diagonally, things are going to change. Things have already changed quite a bit, so. Yeah, and then Kid Zone coming online in in two years, and then Kong next year at Islands of Adventure. Things have to change. Yeah. So from um, some guy I've never heard of, Derek Bergen, um, oh, asks, Hamburglar. Uh, Hamburglar. Uh, Mummy benefit most from Transformers opening. What attractions shows will have the lines cut the most by Diagon Alley in the mix? Transformers? <laughs> Despicable Me, maybe? I was thinking Despicable Me because that's right yeah. in front, and I see people going past... Um, nah, man. Despicable Me, but hitting Transformers before they get back to Despicable Me. Despicable Me is still going to be huge. The capacity yeah. sucks. Yeah. Okay. Transformers will definitely see a reduction, though. Transformers has great capacity. Despicable Me has really crappy capacity. You know, I'm, I'm going to say a sleeper. Men in Black. I don't know, because that's right next to it. I can see that being the, well, it's I can, here. I think Men in Black can only go up. Men in Black never has a line. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've seen a long line for Men in Black. but I've, Yeah, I've seen it outside the doors in the back, switchbacks yeah. before, in recently. Yeah, I've seen that a, a few times, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
you know what's going to go up a lot? Disaster. Disaster. Disaster, yeah. Because it's a good attraction that deserves good praise. That and it's right flipping there. Yeah. And it has... Wait, wait did someone class. have a piano? What the hell was that? Someone farted. <laughs> I just hear a note, and I'm like, what the Yeah, fuck? I heard that, too. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Mike. Mike farted. It had to be Mike. Mike, Mike uh, whenever he farts, it's musical instruments. Oh, never mind. It's guitar. My bad. Um, <laughs> friend of the podcast. Friend of the post. Podcast. 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 Ermagerd. Podcast. Richie Vernerishes. Um, what do you guys think of Disney had more sponsors on their attractions? And future, in parentheses, I don't know what that means, to be able to spend more on rides in Walt Disney World. I guess what he's asking is if, if um, more attractions had sponsors, would we see more um, attractions? Well, go ahead, Mr. Tokyo. Tell him. I mean, I think we'd see better upkept attractions. I don't know if we'd see more attractions. That's kind of hard. I mean, I don't know. That's hard to say. I don't, I don't know how sponsorship works. I don't know if they say we're building this attraction. Do you want to sponsor it, or you know, we're building this attraction because you're sponsoring it? Like Epcot, it obviously worked. We're building this attraction because you're sponsoring it back in the day, but I don't know how it works in Tokyo. But pretty much everything over there is sponsored, right? Oh yeah, like I can't think of an attraction that wasn't sponsored. And that's probably how they help with the upkeep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That and better policies. Yeah. And nicer guests. But, yeah, it, it was amazing that, like, all the, the sponsors that you saw out there. And, like, the same people were sponsoring attractions in both parks. Like, there was one company that sponsored, like, all the boat rides. Like, the transit steamers in Tokyo Disney Sea, the Jungle Cruise, I think maybe even Sinbad too. Like Coke, Coca Cola um, sponsored like three or four attractions. Yeah, everything's better in Tokyo, y'all. Okay, um, next question from uh, from Peplock. Um, I, you kind of answered this one, Sean. I'm not really sure. Um, does any part of USF stay open during Halloween Horror Nights? Do you see Universal removing Halloween Horror Nights from the studios as it expands and adds attractions? Yeah, things that he he wanted to because he he heard us say someone here say that you know Fast Food Boulevard closed an hour before the park closed for Halloween Horror Nights, and I guess he figured it just stayed closed for the event, but it, it doesn't, it opens back up. Like I ate there last year a couple times during Halloween Horror Nights. Um, so and clear the park out. Yeah. 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 And like the, what the only ride that isn't open is dis- disaster and kids. Zone. Um, ET. Well, I'm talking about rides disaster mm-hmm. and ET, I think are the only rides that aren't open, like actual physical rides. Um, Transformers is open. Rocket, Despicable Me, um, Men in Black, and the Shrek runs. Uh, no, wait, yeah, I, sometimes. No, this Twister. It was on the it was on the list last year, but I don't think it hmm. opened. 
Um, Twister doesn't, no. The shows, most of the shows are closed because they have Bill and Ted and Rocky Horror. Um, they should have, um, whatchamacallit, uh, horror makeup open, but it's not. Yeah, most of the park is open. Next question from at Theme Park Insight. What is your favorite place to take pictures in the park? I mean, I assume he means um, the Universal Parks, so. Uh, Hogsmeade. <laughs> Hogsmeade. Definitely Hogsmeade. Um, I, like the, um, I like the New York area over there yeah, across New from the Mummy. Yeah, New really good. Yeah. Those come out really good normally. Yeah. Um... Yeah, those would be my two. Nice, nice. Springfield. Uh, Springfield's good. It's a good yeah. place for selfies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. Um, next, from Matt. I was going to jokingly say Kid Zone, but then I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been bad. Um, uh, I'm just going through some questions now. Uh, from um, Alex at Disneyversal on Twitter asks, mm-hmm. you guys ever think of opening a forum on your site? Nope. I, I think the, the answer kind of maybe yes and then immediately no. <laughs> like, should we do it? No. no. <laughs> or, or we shouldn't. <laughs> Here's the thing. For a forum to work, you need a ton of people. And yeah. it's a hard market to crack when you've had people like WD Magic around for 15, Ever. 20 years now. Yeah. Um, Orlando United's been around for almost uh, six years now. And really, I mean, you don't want to fracture it up too much. Um, a couple years ago, we were part of Discussion Kingdom for a, a minute before it shut down. We were the only part of a discussion kingdom. (laughs) Those are the glory days, bro. Those are the glory days. You know, it just, it requires a lot of people. And I think even now you're, you're kind of seeing Atlanta United has a little bit of trouble, you know, with having enough people there discussing things. Now things dry up. Even when there's a ton of things to talk about, it's just, there's not much traction. People are like, we talked about last week, people are fracturing out and, and, uh, absorbing other ways of talking about theme parks, whether yeah, it be Twitter's listening to podcasts anyway. or Twittering. I guess some people do Facebook. I don't know. I mean, I see people. I mean, they have these big, long comments on the Universal posts and Disney. Um, and I guess people comment on the Disney Parks blog. So there's a bunch of different ways to do things now. And uh, I think if you're not an already established form, you got an uphill battle Yeah. to even yep. even begin to think about starting. I think a forum is a different format. Um, Twitter obviously is more immediate. It's a different kind of uh, medium to to com- to converse. I also think you know, you know, YouTube. I feel like Facebook. I feel like all these things have started tying in and drying up a lot of the stuff that the dedicated sites started providing. Um, if you, I mean, if you look at a WDW Magic, um, you know, photos, videos, and a forum. Well, now the forums can be kind of discussed, you know, on Twitter, videos go on YouTube, and then photos can go on Instagram or wherever you else find them. So I just feel like everything's kind of scattering to the winds, okay. and, you're, and you're just trying to follow individual, you know, 
the breadcrumbs between accounts and all the uh, sites, yeah. if you know what and, I mean. And, I mean, you even have things like Snapchat and Kick that are popping up too that are more popular with the, the younger people that are going to step in and then be bigger things in the future. So forums are going to – forums will still be there, but they're going – to go away slowly, I think. Forums lead, forums lead to trolls. Trolls lead to angst. Angst leads to the dark side. I feel like um, forums will always be there for long form, but I just don't think it'll be as popular or as necessary as it was previously. Right. So, also, um, Vine. It's going to be attractions in 15 seconds looping. Um <laughs> <clears throat> from friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast again, um, Ryan Kennedy. Are there any details on what might be coming to Kids Zone? Any short-lived attractions that any of you have experienced? I still have no idea what's going on to kids in Kids Zone. Nope. We I don't not. think I don't think we will have any idea until they announce it. Well, um, you know, sometime this fall, perhaps you'll get something at the Water District, some kind of layout. Well, I mean, like yeah, yeah, theme, I, understand. Theme, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we think that they know what they're going for? Yeah, uh, Joe, they have to. If, if they're committing yeah. to, you know, let's make this area cluster F during horror nights, then they have something to go okay. on. Okay, they have something big to go on. Yeah, yeah, and they got to hurry up to get ahead of the uh, the um, leak. Fair enough. Um, any of those attractions that we've experienced, I have not. Trike, the short-lived, short-lived as in the ones there, or short-lived as in any short-lived attractions? I think he means there. I, I, it just says, have you been in any short-lived attractions? <laughs> oh. I mean, I was in Trike Encounter twice. I saw the Jungle Book show at Animal Kingdom. So have I. I saw that too. So have I. I didn't see that. I wrote on the Discovery River Rocks. I did that. I was on that I too. <laughs> I didn't get uh, to Animal Kingdom until 2001, so I didn't see a lot of the original stuff. I saw the Disney Afternoon stage show in Starland. I might have. I, I don't remember that. I think I did, I but I was so the, young. <laughs> I saw the um, the Princess and the Frog thing that they did on the Mark Twain in Frontierland. That was actually cool. The what? The oh. Princess and the Frog show on the Mark ah. Twain that they did. The Liberty Bell, bro. Oh, whatever. Liberty <laughs> Bell. My bad. I got Disneyland on my mind. I mean, I got like less than 60 days before I'm there. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I'm so jealous. I saw Muppet Mobile Labs in Epcot. Oh, Ooh, that's, a good, one. that's a good one. I that- saw Lucky. I would try. Awesome. I tried to see Lucky, but then it's it was gonna rain like right when it was supposed to come out, and I kind of got never saw him. So lame. And I've I seen won't. the Yeti move. I saw, I saw the, the Yeti. I saw the Yeti move. <laughs> I saw the Yeti move. I want to say that I saw that original Muppet Show at the studios. Here come the Muppets. Yeah, I saw here yeah. come the Muppets. Oh, but here's the, the thing. The I think that yeah. was two to three years old. That that lasted for two to three years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with the monorail crashing in, that attraction scarred me for life. <laughs> I don't know if I saw it or I don't know. Did any of us uh did any of you guys see the um Goosebump show in Hollywood Studios? I did not. I, I did not know. either, but I'm just wondering. Did anybody see the Dick Tracy or the Ace Ventura shows? I might have, but there that, was an that's, Ace Ventura that's my, show? 
Yeah, man. Yep. I did not know about this, and this makes and me incredibly to, like, happy. Can you like climb up one of the buildings? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, there's a video of it on YouTube, Joe. Awesome. I have to check this out now. Sounds awesome. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I saw. Okay, what else? Anything in Epcot that was really short-lived besides Muppet Mobile Barbie. Lab? Barbie. I <laughs> I saw Barbie because my sister really? my sister wanted to see it back in like '94. I saw that. Um, I saw that they had those short-lived Bill Nye the Science Guy show in Inoventions. I saw that. That was great. I love that. Splashtacular. Um, I did not see Splashtacular. <laughs> I saw that on the Christmas. I, I saw that in the Christmas special. <laughs> you know, during Splashtacular. The uh, looked terrifying. If I was a kid, I, if I would have watched that, that giant like robotic T Rex thingy, which is still which is. Actually, out back by uh, Ride and Show Engineering behind the Magic Kingdom. I can see that still being there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh. I should what else are you gonna talk to it? people. A- anyway, um, uh, let's see. Anything else that I'm uh, short-lived? I don't know. We're, we were too young. This we're, we're too young to see the um, the circus. <laughs> yeah. This, well, the Swampos were there for like a de- like eleven years. Were they really? Yeah, they were there forever. Wow. They were there until like 82 or 83 or something. It's Epcot Explorer's fondest memory of Magic Kingdom. <laughs> um, we, we were too young to see the um, the circus at <clears throat> at um, Epcot. Yeah. Did anybody see um, Stitch's supersonic thing? No. No. <laughs> Thank God. What else? I saw the Cinderella abrasion thing that they did. That was there for a while, I thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the uh, 100 Years of Magic thing. It was there for at least like two years. Was it there that long? Man, it sucks. What about uh, the original Journey into Your Imagination? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. Like I have it was scarred. Oh no, I remember every freaking second of that crap. I remember every second of that too, being utterly disappointed in so many ways, and having the rest of the Millennium Celebration just be awesome. But that was easily the worst attraction I've ever been on. Did you uh, listen to today's uh, Walt Disney World today? Uh, no, I need to. I have it downloaded. You, you need to because Len talks about the worst attraction he's ever been on in his life. And his lowest rating is a half-star attraction. Nice. And you have to listen to what it is and how he describes it. Because it's it's the lenniest thing in the world, How he what his write-up for it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, from uh, Lane Nichols. Um, yes, do we have a... Uh, do we have to buy a two-park pass before the hype train leaves the station? <laughs> yes. You do. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, next from friend of the podcast, Yo Polly NJ. Um, what uh, what current untapped Universal catalog or slate of films would prop uh, or what property is good for an Omnimover style Omnimover. type dark ride? Yes, Omnimover. Oh, what is with people in Omnimovers? Ah. I think there. Okay. I think it's a pacing so thing. Old. It's okay, pacing. I got pacing, pacing, pacing. I got one. I got one. You can go slow like pace without an omni mover. You can't have boat ride. But um, what I would like to see it won't ever happen. But um, 
Universal actually has the film rights to Mr. Bean, and I would love to see a Mr. Bean Omnimover oh, ride. That would be just. This, I don't know about Omnimover. Oh, like that'd be great. Like, trackless. Mr. Yeah. Bean trackless would be pretty good. That would be awesome. And I actually did look through the the catalog. I saw this one come through. Um, I I think that as far as for the the that style and the untapped market and stuff. They also have the film rights to Nanny McPhee. That's the closest thing that I can see to a relevant type of kid movie that might would work in some ways. No, uh, if, it, would, if it has to be an Omnimover, make a a, ha- a haunted studio tour with the Universal Monsters. Oh, that'd be cool. Yep. I agree. And and if you're talking about Trekless, it's got to be Animal House. <laughs> If only they could make an Animal House ride. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, I'd fully approve of the Animal House attraction. <laughs> Animal House trackless ride. Confirmed. They took the bar! The whole <laughs> fucking bar! I, and, you, and you know the uh, signature drink is just a whole bottle of Jim Beam. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Wasn't it Jack Daniels? Or Jack Daniels. I forget. Yeah, it was Jack Daniels. That was Jack. I'm sorry. My apologies. Okay, talking about specialty food or beverage, uh, from front of the podcast, Imagineer 2017, Alex Westcott Center, what specialty food slash beverage do you want to see served at Kong? Bananas. <laughs> Just bananas. <laughs> the uh, the freeze-raised smoothie from Despicable Me sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather see them do something more like tropical. Because that's just kind of like, it's Sprite and banana ice cream. No, it's, I, like I thought it was mango, too. No, I don't know. It's ice cream. Yeah, it's, I, it's I'd like to see... banana. Yeah, I'd rather see, like, serve. some some fruit... Like, make a... Just rip off the Dole Whip. Just do something to that But that's extent. what it is. It is a Dole Whip. It's just Dole but Whip. But it has Sprite in it. No, it doesn't. Not that I well, remember. That's, that's what someone said. Well, they're high. I, what, I, what I saw looked like basically just a Dole Whip with... It, it was served in more. It was served in a traditional drink container, not the you know ice cream container. But it looked just like soft serve. That was banana and mango, and that sounds awesome. Yeah, but what's the liquid? There is no liquid. It's just ice cream. It's a smoothie. No, it's okay. Fine, whatever. It just, <laughs> yes, it just looked it like is. soft serve. It's, it's a drink. <laughs> they should just do. They should just do like the best banana split in the world. <laughs> there you go. Chocolate-covered frozen bananas. Can't go wrong yeah. there. No, that would be pretty good. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you want to eat at Kong? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong person to ask. You don't eat anything at theme parks. Um, you know, I, w- I, mean, I would really think like a, a luau type of restaurant. It's not really a luau, but like, a, like that type of food with like a native type of feel to it. That would be cool over there. There's not enough room. It's going to be know. something, like, quick. Well, I, I mean, Maybe just that type of food. I don't mean, like, actual luau. Yeah. I just mean, like, that type of food. I want a blue frozen banana. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How hard would it be just to add a banana stand around the lagoon in, like, San Francisco? You know what? You know what? That's their. That's going to be their nighttime show. The banana stand will go up in fire. <laughs> Every <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and segue tours for all. 
Uh, last question from friend of the podcast, Lydam and Hyde. Uh, who would win in a fight, Super Grover or all the Avengers combined? Super Grover. Super Grover. Clearly, clearly the Avengers. Super Grover. Super Grover. Can't like accidentally knock down a building and crush them all. <laughs> Remember, Super Grover has a vapor trail from Sesame Place, and that would kill all. <laughs> I've been on that. I've been on that roller coaster. It's a Vacoma roller skater. Everyone's been on one of those. <laughs> but I've been on that actual one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they have a Grover roller coaster for real. Yes, yeah. and it's called the the Vapor Trail. The Vapor Trail. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, good night. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of talking. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> you have to answer the question, otherwise we're going to stay on forever. What's the question? <laughs> oh, Grover. Duh. There we go. Good. Screw Marvel. Good. Yeah, there we go. Oh, come on. God. It's not cogent. <laughs> Okay, Mike, where can we find you? You can find me at work tomorrow beating my head against the desk. Hey, well, me too. Maybe if we want to <laughs> maybe if we want to follow you on some sort of social media platform. Um, yeah, follow me at CaptMichael87 and remember we gotta be Chris Wakefield. There you go. Nick? Uh at Parkscope Nick. Sean. Uh I don't know. What am I? Parkscope underscore Sean. Yes, you are. I am Parkscope Joe, no underscore whatsoever. Please rate us on iTunes. Follow us at Parkscope. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You know, the whole thing. Join us on Stitcher. Send us an email with questions. At reply us for questions. It's late. I'm going to go find that ice cream man. Go find the ice cream man. Yeah, good idea. I'm going to bed. Good day and ice cream. I gotta go edit this thing now. Ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> I got fried ice cream. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, and so ya. ends another Part Scope podcast. Congolish, everyone. Love everybody. Hate everything. <laughs> この